You're listening to A Little Thing Called Marketing, brought to you by Studio 93. Each week, Sinead, that's me, surprises Darren with a topic and we run with it. As the title suggests, the topics will be marketing based, but the rest is unknown to Darren. So let's get into it. Postman Pat picked some peppers. Sinead, we just did the, the P, the Postman Pat picked some peppers test. Give it a go, go there. Postman Pat picked some peppers. Okay, a bit of adjustment there. Doing our little sound check, make sure we don't have too many plosives. They're called plosives. The pep, pep, pep. Mm. They're not nice on the mic. Anyway, we are back. It is another episode of A Little Thing Called Marketing, and it is brought to you by Studio 93. My name is Darren Doyle, and your name is... Sinead. Hi, guys. So I'm going to talk to you today about email marketing. Let me kick it off by asking you, what is email marketing? Yep. Email marketing is exactly what it says on the tin. You're using email to communicate with people. And in terms of marketing, you are putting out your marketing message, whatever that might be. Email obviously has been around uh, a long time, but at the same time, I can just about remember time without email. And and what about you? Yeah, again, uh, like I said to you before, I remember kind of putting on the, the dial up modem and emailing when I was about six or seven, whether it be friends or celebrities trying to get hold of them. So not really. I don't really remember time before before email. I remember when, you know, when I got my first email address and I remember the, the excitement of getting an email you know, an email. And, yeah. and and when we talk about email marketing and we will talk about the evolution of it as, as the conversation unfolds, but you know, the power in the early days was that we, we actually were reading every email that came yeah. in because it wasn't the, this, the huge influx that we have now. Like, I mean, you open up your, your inbox in the morning or whenever, and there's going to be like a bunch of emails there. And some of you, some of them, you'll just won't read some of them, you'll put into spam or trash or whatever it is. But my point is there was a time when people were reading every single email because we didn't get as much and it was, it was, it was exciting at Mm. the time. Yeah. So back to answer your question, email marketing is, is a way for a business to communicate with their potential audience through emails. And typically you're using uh, a piece of software. I'm sure we'll talk about software at some point where you're sending out an email and it's going to multiple, multiple people in one go and it's going all out to them. Cool. And and just because you've been in business for, for 16 years, I wanted to ask, has it changed? Have you seen like a huge development? Has it, has it gotten more complicated over time, even in the last maybe 10 years? Definitely changed. And off the top of my head, and, and again, the premise of this podcast is that I have no idea ahead of time what we're about to discuss. So, yeah. so this is um, me thinking out loud, really. I guess the, I mean, there's been a lot of changes since it began, since email marketing began. And if Mm. I jump around a little bit in terms of the timeline, the thing that instantly stands out for me is the changes that took place in email marketing over the last kind of five years where GDPR um, really tightened up on who we can email, what we can email them about, how often, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So that was the big, the big change that, and, and my clients have seen it and I've seen it in how we use email marketing. And again, that's in the last kind of five years or so. Um, I think, well, the software has become much better, much mm. easier to use. Software and um, websites like MailChimp, which is my preferred email marketing uh, software, has really come on leaps and bounds in terms of you know what it can do and more importantly how easy and streamlined it's made the process of collecting email addresses through opt-ins i guess we'll talk about that as well mm-hmm. and then being able to 
you know, send out those email marketing messages and then even to be able to put kind of automations in place where we send out an email and depending on what the person does on the other end, you know, maybe another email goes out to them or not. So the software has moved on. I think probably another change and it's probably a negative in terms of marketing is that I think we're we're so we're a little bit jaded with the bombardment of emails again i know personally when i open my email in the morning there's you know there's lots of emails there and you know even google tried to fight back a little bit on this where a good few years ago where it separated out your google inbox Mm -hmm. specifically into you know primary and social and then i think promotional yeah and that's been a big change actually for email marketing because a lot of the challenge now around what we do as marketers and using email marketing is how do we land in the inbox how do we land in the right in the primary Mm. inbox and not Mm. into the promotional one that's a big that's been a big change as well that's a constant battle how would you overcome that do you have any tips in in getting into the inbox into the correct one yeah absolutely And and there's lots to consider here but again off the top of my head Mm. some of the things you need to consider is what what are the words you're using in your subject line so there are very specific uh, words that you should never use in the subject line and there's uh, i have an extensive list if anyone wants them email me at info at studio 92.e and i'll send it to you maybe i'll put it in the show notes but there's words like you know sale or discount or you could kind of guess really any of these words that that Google or uh, any email client is going to kind of flag as mm, it's a bit salesy or mm. potentially scammy. Those will instantly pop you into the either the spam folder or the promotional folder. So another thing is if you if you're sending out uh, email marketing campaigns and the people who are receiving the email marketing campaigns are are opening them are yeah. opening them. That's a signal to the likes of Gmail that you are actually interested in reading whatever is in this. And then the next few emails that come in from that same source, then Google will go, well, you opened the last few, so you obviously are interested in this. And then that is another indication maybe they should put your email into the primary one and not into the promotional one. So that's another one as well. So it's engagement. You know, another thing as well is what's what's in the email marketing campaign. So if... Google again or Gmail or any of these, if they see like a really long newsletter and there's like links all over the newsletter and Mm -hmm. it's just scattered with all this stuff and graphics are everywhere, that is seen as overly promotional. Let's say say it's seen as overly promotional. And again, that's another reason for Google or Gmail to pop your email marketing campaign into the promotions tab, let's say, for instance. So those are just three, but again, there's a lot more. No, they, they make sense as well. But I want to ask you on, you know, you're saying not to sound too salesy in kind of your, your titles. Like, is there any way, like if, if I'm trying to promote something to you then, how do I make it not sound salesy? Is there words that I should use? Absolutely. And we never want to come across as salesy um, to, to Google or to our customers. Mm. So the key thing there is with your subject line is you you should just be trying to write a subject line that would pique someone's interest. Okay. Right. So it's a subject line that and I always say it's, you're not trying to trick someone mm-hmm. into opening the email, but you write the subject line, you think about the subject line and you try to write something that again, makes them go, Oh, what? Okay. What's this? Okay. I'm, I'm interested now. I'm okay. going to click, I'm going to open the email. So that's the key there. Like your, 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 your email marketing campaign will live and die on your subject line for a couple of reasons. You know, it's it's a big reason why your email might go into a spam folder. The other reason is it's probably the main factor that 
will determine whether someone will click to open your email because again have you sparked their interest have you drawn them in have you yeah so pretty much they can't live without opening this email they're going to miss out on something if they don't open it yeah that's that's how you want them to feel and would you say it's a have to do or a must do for all businesses or would you say it only suits certain certain types of businesses Um, i i definitely think all businesses should and could explore the idea of utilizing email marketing Mm -hmm. it is probably better suited to some businesses than others but it's definitely something worth considering the thing is that with your okay so before we can you know start sending out email marketing uh, campaigns there's a couple of steps before that obviously enough the first one really is how are you going to get the email addresses yeah okay so we talk about opt-ins and then this is a lot about back to the gdpr stuff and again i am not uh, an expert in gdpr but you know, the overarching concept here is you have to get someone's consent for you to be able to send them any piece of email marketing. Yeah. And that's usually a tick of a box or whatever it is. And so you can't, you can't scrape websites. So you can't just go through a load of websites and just start copying and pasting mm. a load of emails, throw them into a MailChimp or whatever it is and start blasting out emails. Mm. And, and to be honest, people, people have been doing that. Clients have been doing that for years. Yeah. And again, it's back to that GDPR thing where they really start tightening up on this a couple of years ago. That's, that's a, just a no, no now. Mm. And in fairness, mo- most clients won't or won't do that. I've had clients that have come to us and they've already got a, a MailChimp account or whatever. They have a list of emails that they've built up over years. It could be hundreds. Yeah. And and they know themselves, but I always have to ask them, I was like, okay, so how, before we start sending out any email marketing mm. to this audience, do you mind me asking where, where did you get the addresses from? Mm. And, and it's been a situation where they have said, well, you know, Mary in accounts spent a few days and she went through a, f- a load of sites and she copied out a load okay. of emails and we, we threw them in there. Mm. And they say that because they know right now that won't fly. But even though that was done years ago, you know, that list basically had to be abandoned because yeah. those people did not agree to their emails being used um, to send marketing material to. So, so mm-hmm. that client had to start from day one again to build up a legitimate a legitimate uh, email list. And the way you do it again is you get opt-in. So Sinead, again, we all see it. you're on a website, mm-hmm. maybe you buy a product or whatever it is. And at some point they're saying, do you want to receive yeah. emails from XYZ? Yeah tick the box and there you go. So, um, I interrupt you there yes. as well. There's another way, isn't there like pop-ups? So when yep. you go onto a website, do you recommend them? Obviously you have to take into, into consideration how long people stay on your website for. So if they're reading, maybe they're more inclined to browse your website. So maybe you're putting the pop-up after 20 or 30 seconds. So they get a chance to read, uh, you know, whatever's interesting on your website. Or if you've got people that only stay on your website for five to 10 seconds because they're bored or they're moving on to something else, you know, your pop-up has to be pretty quick. Like, is there a way of kind of, do you just look at your target audience and who's, who's on your web website or how do you determine, you know, how long it takes for your pop-up to go here, sign up, give us your email address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of answered your own question there yeah. definitely in that last comment. So first of all, on the question of pop-ups and yeah. it's look, everyone has their own feeling on it. I hate them. Do you? Who, who, who enjoys browsing a website. Now Mm. I'm going to, there is a caveat, I'm going to come to it, but no one enjoys browsing a website and then have this message blast up saying, here, do this thing. Like stop doing what you're doing there for a minute now. Put your email, like that, that, no one does it. Like um, it's like the equivalent will be you're in, imagine you're in, I don't know, think of a shoe shop in Dublin Mm. and you're looking at shoes and the, 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 uh, 
Salesperson. The salesperson yeah. jumps out in front of you and Sinead and goes, hey, 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 stop that. Look, look at this. Sign yeah. this, sign this. Like, it's the same thing. Mm. Now, the, the thing though about, uh, and again, this is like how we get opt-ins. And again, this is not, we see this every day. We, we all go through this. Like, you'll only give your email these days if you're going to get something in return. You know, yeah. a free download, access to a webinar, whatever it is. Mm. And even at that, people are very reluctant to, to hand that email over. So, I mean, I guess we started this podcast asking me about how things have changed over the years. That's a big change because people yeah. are now a lot, a lot more reluctant to hand over that email address. I think mm. in the earlier days we were, yeah, there you go. Sure. What's the harm? Have my email address. I don't care. Okay, Take it. Yeah. So opt-ins now are really, you know, it's usually about, it, it's a, a give and get. Give me your email address. I'll give you access to this yeah. free download. And and again, even at that, people are still hesitant to even do that because they feel I'm going to get bombarded here by emails. They may not, but there's a reluctance because they think that could happen because some people do that. And that's a big thing on respect, I suppose. You've now kind of acquired email addresses. Like, do you now start abusing them or, you know, are you just sending them one when you actually need to tell them something or you actually want to, you know, teach them? Because like you said, what we're trying to do is keep our customers, keep this email list, you know, um, and hold on to them. So we want to be offering them something of value. What what kind of things? I know you said they're like a free download or whatever. Is there anything that really works that you've seen with a number of clients? You know, would it be checklists or video guides or is there anything in particular? There's not one specific thing that I could say, this is the thing and it applies to every business because yeah. like the answer to a lot of uh, the questions you ask me is I often have to say it kind of depends on the business and it depends on the audience. Yeah. But off the top of my head, I, you know, things that I have seen to work fairly well are like, you know, again, we see a lot of it and this really happened over the pandemic and it's still continuing now where it's a, a webinar because we all are quite comfortable now going on to Zoom mm. or whatever it was. And before, before the pandemic, most people did, had never even really heard of Very Zoom true. now. So, and over that period, we spent a lot of time on on webinars. So I think a lot of companies are kind of carrying on with that and they're they're doing, we do them ourselves. Every couple of weeks, they'll do a webinar and you might run an ad and people are opting in to receive access to the webinar. Now, I, here's an interesting, important thing to say that I'll use our, our example. So we run the webinars and we have an opt-in in you you know, give me, give your email address and your name and we'll send you the link to the webinar. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can send you my newsletter. Ah. That's not what you opted in for. You opted in to watch the webinar. To watch the webinar. Yeah. So that's again around the GTPR thing. You need to be categorically clear that if you should give me your email, Mm. this is what I'm going to do with it. You know, you need to be saying this is what's going to happen. And and the other thing about Again, this reluctancy that people have about handing over their email. And you, you said something a minute ago that made me think about this. Another thing that's important is, it, it, let's say, even if they're signing up for a newsletter, and let's be honest, Sinead, no one wants, uh, who wants to read a newsletter? Mm. Like, I, you don't want to read a newsletter because no. you don't care. So you, you'll sign up for something else. So maybe it's like, a, a, I don't know, maybe a monthly list of interesting articles that we've read about marketing or whatever yeah. it is, but it's, yeah. it's not a newsletter no. about Studio 93 because who cares? Yeah. They don't care. And um, my point is you should tell people when they're signing up th- about the frequency, you know, mm-hmm. you might say you're going to get one email a month and that's all. And it's not going to be promotional. It's going to okay. be about these interesting articles. Right. So tell people what they're going to get, tell them how often they're going to get it. Mm. So the main fear is 
that I'm going to get bombarded here. So if you're very clear from the very beginning, listen, you're not going to get bombarded. You're going to get yeah. one email a month and this is what's going to be in the email and it's going to be all of value and we're not trying to sell you anything. Mm-hmm. And then if I wanted to send them more stuff, so I'm guessing then I have to check with them twice, do I? So then if I, if I say, listen, I might have other things I want to send to you. Would that be okay as well? Is there a second tick box for them to take or? No, it's one tick box. But whatever is before that tick box, you need to be very clear about what mm. it is. So if you, I have done this with other clients as well, where you would, the language wouldn't be, I know you're only using an example. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, I'm going to send you these, um, you know, 10 tips every month and I might send you other stuff. Yeah. You couldn't say other stuff, but you could say other interesting articles oh, course, or videos, yeah. but then you could say, and uh, promotional oh, news sure. from Studio Nightly, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So it's like, just be clear. Uh, about frequency and what they're going to get. I get you. Um, one thing I wanted to ask them was kind of maybe taking it, taking it back a step or two. Are you using social media to get signups, you know, um, your target audience and, and stuff that way? Are we using ads to target them, to bring them to a call to action that is signing up to our email list? Is that something that happens? Yes, you can absolutely do that. So usually what you're doing is exactly what you're saying. You can use social media. Typically this is done, uh, let's say it's a Facebook ad and you're, there's an ad that with a nice graphic or video and a mm. little caption. And then there's like a, a learn more or a book now or a subscriber sign up, sign oh, okay, up button. Yeah. They click on that. That brings them over onto your website where you do have a dedicated page, as you said, mm. which outlines whatever, you know, what this thing's about. And that's where they put in their email and their name, whatever, and press submit. And now they're on your email list. But interestingly, there's a change coming in on Facebook ads that will allow you to do all of that inside of Facebook. So Mm. you will no longer need to send them over onto a landing page. Okay. So would you think that's good then that they're not going to your website anymore? Um, You know, because obviously we want people coming over to our website for traffic and conversions and everything. Is it good? Is it bad? What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, you're right. Um, And there's there's pros and cons. You, mm. You've identified the, the, the problems with it again. Yeah. It's great when we can get someone onto our website because then they can learn more about our business and see what we're all about. Of course. Um, and then there's also the positive that you could, this is more of a social media topic and I know we're talking about you yeah. marketing, but yeah. we can get them over onto the website, then we can potentially you know, retarget them back with Facebook ads further down the line. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely, you know, that's probably a negative to this approach, but the argument is, and I do think it's true. You will, I think you'll get more signups because there's less friction. We're asking the user to do less. So before they had to click on your ad, go over to your website, fill in mm. the thing. Now it's only a couple of steps, but yeah. every time you can get rid of one step, it's a positive because you're going to get more people to sign up. Yeah. So what will happen here is you you will, they will be able to sign up within Facebook. So they'll actually just press sign up, whatever. Facebook will pre-populate their name and email. Right. So they, oh, they only yeah. have to click twice. That's in so they click, yeah. sign me up. The, your inf- the, the next page will pop up with your stuff mm-hmm. populate. You can change the email if you want. And then you press one more time. Now you have subscribed to whatever it is, quick and easy. Mm. They haven't left Facebook much easier for you to do it. So that's the arguments, pros and cons. Again, it's a new thing. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. When it comes to uh, emailing, I know you talked about like, you kind of have to be clear with how often you're emailing. Is there a recommended amount of emails we should do weekly, monthly, yearly? Yeah, great question. And again, that sounds like a sidestep, but it Mm. it, it does depend. I would say... uh, the, a minimum would be once a month. Right. Minimum. Yeah. It, it, like if you're not sending something once a month, then forget about it. Okay. Uh, so minimum, I'd say once a month. 
maximum would be once a week. Right. But here's the thing. You could, you could actually, I'm going to, now I'm going to, I'm going to over egg this example just for the sake uh-huh. of, of, you know, explaining what I'm talking about here. Uh, you could send one every day. Right. As long as the person on the other end wants to read it. Mm. And what, so if you're sending some, something really, really high value. Yeah. And if you were sending it every day and people were going, oh, great, here's that email in from Studio on a Treat. Yeah. Then fine. Now, again, you're not going to do it every, every day. day. Is My point yeah, is, I know. the frequency is is less of an issue than what you're sending. Okay. okay. Because the minute you try and sell through this, you're going to start losing people quickly. You're going to get unsubscribes. People are going to stop opening your stuff. Yeah. And, and sometimes clients are like, mm, but sure, the whole point of it is to sell, I right? Oh, yeah. And well, what you're doing is, you are selling, mm. right? You're selling in a subtle way because you're offering value and the, and people and your clients are remembering you and they know you and when they do need your service or product, who are they going to think about? Yeah. You know, the person whose emails they've been open and been learning all this stuff. Yeah. So you're always selling, but like, you know, no one likes to be sold to and we recoil the minute we think we're being sold to. So we have to be smarter about how we sell. We mm-hmm. should sell by offering value and demonstrating knowledge. Staying out of spam we talked about, but what I wanted to ask you was unsubscribes. Is there a way of really reducing them down or does that come down to kind of everything we talked about already? Yeah, it, it does come back to what we've talked about. Mm. If you think, Sinead, of the times that you have unsubscribed from anything, go for it. Tell way, me, why, why did you do it? Way too often. No longer had an interest. Or again, felt like I was being sold sold to and it was just annoying yeah I suppose it's one way to describe it, it was just super annoying but then so unsubscribes yes so that makes sense open rates then is that just down to title or a synopsis of your email that you know you know the way you get shown that that line you can you can write that can't you because otherwise say MailChimp for example pull something from from the the body of the email but I think you can specifically write what you want to be previewed can't you after your title you can, but it, again, it's only, uh, again, no homework here because I don't yeah. know what we're talking about, but it, it's only a very defined number of characters yeah. and it's not a lot. Mm. So that's why you really have to get better and good at writing a short, snappy subject line that entices people to open the email. And you mentioned open rates there. Yeah. The number one thing that will improve your open rate, I think I might have said this already in the podcast, is that, is that, yeah. because that's what entices people to open up the email. Now your question on unsubscribes. Yeah. The number one reason why people unsubscribe is the frequency of emails that they're mm. receiving is far is far too much. And yeah. I have definitely unsubscribed from lists where I was getting more than an, an email a day. And it mm. was ridiculous. I'm yeah. thinking of one or two now and I just went, uh, lads, like, on, what are you like, doing? Like, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I suppose when it comes to content within your email, what are we offering? So what kind of, maybe I'll ask you two questions at the same time then. Structure of an email, what you'd recommend. As it maybe like how simplistic it should be or or maybe the opposite, whatever you think. And then what should we be including within the email? Well, Sinead, um, as we mentioned in another podcast, you're, you're only with Studio 3 a couple of months yeah. and we've been running campaigns for clients, email campaign for clients. And I know I was showing you some examples of yeah. people who I think do a really good job. Mm. And I'll give a, a shout out to my friend, Pat Dibley. Pat Dibley sends out um, newsletters and he just ticks all of the boxes because one, he doesn't bombard people. You don't get an awful lot of emails. But what yeah. I really like about Pat's emails are that they don't really look like email marketing campaigns. It looks and reads like this is an email from Pat. Right. Okay. And his 
he goes with like one image at the top, mm-hmm. no logos or, you know, overly designed templates. Right. One image at the top, maybe about three paragraphs, a couple of bullet points and maybe one link at the bottom. That is it. Mm. The mistake that some companies make is that they feel their newsletter is and should look like a promotional flyer. Okay. So they want to over-design it. They want to have loads of graphics, logos, brand colors all over the place and all that kind of stuff. And what happens there is two things. The recipient feels like, lovely, here's a piece of marketing material from a company trying to sell me something. Mm -hmm. So again, straight away, their back is up. No one likes that. And then the other thing, back to the conversation at the beginning, Google will see that as a promotional piece as well. Yeah. Gmail or whatever. And there's a bigger chance of you landing in the spam. So to answer your question, what we should do is try and make our marketing, email marketing campaigns and emails feel and look like this is an email from Sinead at Studio 93, just to me. We know, we know that they're going out to lots of people. Yeah. But again, it's so much of this is, it happens in marketing. It's, it's this innate feeling or sense we get when Mm -hmm. we open an email that looks like a promotional flyer Mm. subliminally we're already on the back foot we feel on the back foot yeah whereas if i open an email from pat that feels like pat sent me an email yeah even though i know he sent it lots of people i'm more responsive to it in that split second where i'm deciding whether i'm going to read it or not Mm. i think the main thing for email marketing is that you remain top of mind yeah that when because most customers and clients are not ready to buy your product or service at the exact time where they see mm. your email marketing campaign or your social media thing or your flyer or whatever it is yeah. so it, it is that top of mind piece so if they're going to receive an email from you on a regular basis let it be once a month once a week whatever when they are or are thinking about needing that product or service mm. Like you will be top of mind and you don't want to be, that's why you want to be offering value all the time. Like I've learned a lot from this company or, oh, I, I, you know, I, all these resources I got from this company, you know, have helped me, have helped me, have helped me. Yeah. And you want to then that's okay. Well, that's the person now I'm going to go to when I actually need this service because they know what they're talking about and I've learned a lot from them already. So let me reach out to them. That's the real idea. Yeah. You're, so it's, it comes with branding and stuff as well, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of similar where you're building trust. Absolutely. When it comes to um, GDPR then, because obviously we have GDPR, there's other kind of um, different guidelines in in other countries and parts of the world. So when it comes to that, is it up to me as a as a business owner or who is it up to to kind of know what the regulations are? This is such a specialized topic and there's so much to know that I recommend that you just seek the knowledge of a specialist yeah. in the area. So uh, the business owner, the only responsibility for them is to know that they need to know that they're doing things right but i i recommend go to go to someone who specializes in this and eileen ireland eileen ireland she look her up on linkedin she is a gdpr specialist and i have used her in the past um i know you did a webinar kind of on your emailing tips and stuff before and you talked maybe about why should people care about your your email and what makes your email different is it something that every company should sit down and, and think about like why are people going to open this always lead with value like lead with value so you have your newsletter going out and you have something in there that's of value to your audience mm. i'm not saying you can't mention some some piece of promotion in that newsletter as well but 92 yeah. percent of that newsletter mm-hmm. should be about offering something okay not selling yeah and i i have um five t's in email marketing t's target teach test and track 
and I hope they sounded okay on the mic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I suppose, and it makes sense. What what are you offering um, and what are people getting from it? And obviously I love, like you said, learning something. I'm not going to sit through and go, oh, wow, loads of news about this company. Like you said, no one, no one cares. I'm not spending my break. I'm not spending my 15, 20 minutes, you know, my coffee break reading through someone else's news. You know, I want something that's going to offer me some knowledge or value. Um, I think that's kind of everything I wanted to ask. Actually, no, I'm wrong. What I wanted to ask you was, I know we mentioned MailChimp. Is there any other email platforms that you'd kind of recommend or that you've you've had um experience with god there i again no research i can't think of anything like mailchimp is just the leader yeah mailchimp is mailchimp has been around for a long time Mm. they've got this stuff um really nailed down their interface and you know how you use it is very user-friendly now there's a bit of a learning curve there you do have to get in and learn it but i find it quite intuitive really if you spend a little bit of time so i can't think off the top of my head and but i would always recommend what we use and what my clients use is uh check out mailchimp and so we've spent all this time kind of building up an email list that you know is right for you it's got your your target audience in what's the benefits of having a proper list that you've done everything right for Great question. And I like the way you said you put this time and work into building this list because mm-hmm. guys, it this is not something that will happen overnight. This is this comes from consistency and from working hard to build that list the right way. But to answer your question, the 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 best thing about having an email list is that you own the email list, right? You yeah. own all of those addresses and now you can contact those people and communicate with those people, assuming they don't opt out, which some people will if you don't do this right. But the contrast is, like, let's say you spend, you know, years or whatever, building up a big um, following on, let's just say LinkedIn, because I'm not going to say Facebook. Because it's I'll say the Facebook. obvious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's say LinkedIn. And you have this big network and all these people and you build it up. But like LinkedIn can turn around next week or, and, and make a, di- a change to their platform or change the rules or whatever. Mm. And now suddenly you maybe don't have the access that you had before that to these this audience that you built up you'll always own and have complete control over your email list and that is an important distinction between you know again it's this idea of don't build your house on borrowed land or something yeah it's something like that don't don't build your house on rented land that's what it is and that's what you're kind of doing when you build an audience on let's say so uh, you know some social media site really it's you're building your audience on their platform Mm -hmm. it's their land they own Mm -hmm. it they call the shots there with an email list that's not the case because your email list yeah. key takeaway before we wrap up is email marketing definitely worth doing it's a bit of work there's yeah. work involved but ultimately the payoffs are are worth it and what are you going to send out what's going to be in those email marketing campaigns that people will want to open mm. and want to read Janine, thank you very much for hosting and doing all the research for yet another episode of a little thing called marketing Thank you very much for listening to us. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, a little review would be great. A little uh, rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast would be fantastic. If you want to reach out to Studio 93, uh, my email address is info at studio93.ie and we will see you on the next one. You've been listening to A Little Thing Called Marketing brought to you by Studio 93. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram for more. And if you have any suggestions for topics, do send us a message on Instagram. We'll be back same time, same place next week. And don't forget, you can visit our website www.studio93.ie for on-demand webinars, blog posts or to book a consultation.